Good morning, supers. Welcome back to the Entrepreneurs. We have just, uh, I don't know, it wasn't supposed to get this many stories, but here we are. Uh, there's we got six stories for us this morning on October 28th, 2021. First up, we have, uh, oh, let me let me share my screen. We're here on Entra at the same time as everything else. Where's my screen share at? Here we go. I'm going to share the screen so you guys can follow along with what's going on. I'll try to get to the chat as uh, as I'm able to as I record these uh, different segments here. Uh, so if you have questions, please drop them in the chat if you're watching live or if you're uh, watching or listening uh, wherever you're you're consuming this content uh, go to the comments and i will uh i will be there all right so first up we have evergrand's next bond deadline nears with contagion risk rising uh so evergrand's next bond uh let's see evergrand's next bond payment is fast approaching as investors scrutinize the developer for clues on the severity of a cash crunch that's eroding uh confidence in other highly indebted peers uh the 30-day grace period on evergrand's 45.2 million dollar coupon payment that has initially uh, was initially due September 29th is set to end on Friday. The closely watched deadline comes amid a sell-off in Chinese junk bonds that has uh that was paced by, on Thursday by Kesa Group Holdings LTD, one of the property sector's largest issuers of dollar debt. Uh, Evergrande surprised some investors last week by paying another overdue coupon at the tail end of the grace period. The company's dollar notes uh, remain at distressed levels as creditors brace for an eventual uh, debt restructuring that could rank among the largest ever in China. Authorities in Beijing have urged uh, uh, Hui Kayan, I'm not sure if I'm butchering that still, uh, I should probably look that up, to help repay Evergrande's obligations with his personal wealth, but his known fortune represents just a fraction of the company's more than $300 billion in liabilities. Now, we talked about this yesterday uh, here on the Entrepreneurs and how uh, you know China was urging him to to pay back the uh, the debts that are owed, uh, and so it looks like we have until what did I say tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow, I guess at the end of day tomorrow, uh, for them to make this forty five point uh, two million dollar payment, which uh, is is no small amount, but they had with the fact that they were able to make a payment last week, maybe they're able to get it through to this week. Forty five million dollars is um, a lot of money, but we all know that in the grand scheme of three hundred billion dollars is not a lot of money, and if they can at least satisfy. Uh, I don't know, 80% of it. Maybe they could get a, a further extension on the rest of the debt. Um, and and they are getting back to work, as we found out. So that's good news. Now, it was brought to me in the comments uh, the other day about how the um, – about how I'm apparently promoting Evergrande as, hey, 
uh, opportunity to invest. It is not an opportunity to invest. It is never a good idea to invest at the top of a potential bubble ready to pop as we've been tracking through China's real estate uh, situation and Evergrande makes up like a third of that. So uh, no, not a good idea. Hey, if things pop, maybe it's an op- opportunity to invest. But the, the fact of the matter is it still remains that if Evergrande f- topples, uh, there could be a huge ramification for the rest of the of the global economic world. Uh, the global world economic, yeah, it is the rest of the world could have uh, very big consequences from that. Uh, so we, I, you know, I am not pro China. I'm not pro communism. I'm not pro Evergrande. I'm pro people and people, uh, you know, need to get the, the payments cause they put the money out. Uh, they deserve their payments and people deserve to receive the houses that they, um, or the homes, I should say that they have, uh, you know, put money out for, to, to, uh, to, for investment. So it's it's really it's it's good for the whole world if this does not come to fruition. So let's hope that that is uh, not the case. That things will settle uh, down over the course of the next. Uh, I don't know. At this point, I'm going to say two, one to three months, hopefully, uh, and and over the next six months, things get started as a whole across the whole everything starts to to level out uh, with so many less peaks and valleys. Ryan, it's good to see you here in the chat. Thank you so much. Uh, Sean, good to see you as well. Big oof for Evergrande. Uh, thinks there's an, uh, think there's any coming back from this. Is the, So Sean asks in the chat, big oof of, uh, for Evergrande. Is there any hopes of coming back from this? I am very much on the fence on whether or not they will be able to. I hope that... Honestly, I, I hope that China steps in and does uh, the right thing if things get that dire to a point where things are going to fall apart um, because of the ramifications that the entire world will have to f- feel. I mean, when you look back at – and I, I've talked about this in a previous video. If you look back at 2008 and how the collapse there, uh, I think it was like 1 million, 1.1 or 1.5 million houses, 1.4 million houses that were uh, that were foreclosed on. And with that happening, the entire world – so went the entire world in financial market, right? Things are stacked on – like we might not think that people owning houses in China is important, but it, it absolutely is important because this is a global – economy chess game that we are playing and it affect it affects everything because that's a, a third of their real estate market is tied up in this one company plus they have other ventures that that could also topple as well uh having huge ramifications uh across the the planet for um you know, you have people say like that don't get their houses, right? So they they uh, now their investments are, are flushed down the toilet effectively, right? So now they're struggling for money. Uh, they, you know, they uh, any companies that are tied up in deals with Evergrande, uh, those deals will start to fall through, it, it, and and everything just will have a it just could have a huge change reaction. So I don't want to see that happen. Uh, is there a path to fixing it? It looks like they're trying to make good on it, you know, having uh, calling for the uh, the founder of Evergrande to like pay some of the debt down, if not all the debt down uh, is is I think a good gesture. I think it's also um, kind of a like a huge nudge of the, you know, communist type of 
nudge, you know, like, hey, we're we're uh, we're we we don't want our people to to fall, you know, to falter. And in order to to not have that happen, you know, give up your give up what you you have. Um, and that's a huge departure from how we handled it here in America in twenty in two thousand eight and two thousand nine, right? Uh, other countries in Europe, I think Greenland specifically, or maybe it was Iceland. Iceland, I always get those two mixed up, as the rest of the world does. Uh, you know, went and they sent people to jail over the financial uh, crisis, right? And we didn't. We gave parachutes we handed out big cash prizes and uh hope you know hung on for the best and you know eventually have recovered from it but hey it, it, you know some depending on what charts you're looking at depending on what numbers it, it took almost a decade to recover from that so we are we are uh, hopefully you know and you, you add in the the illness on top of this uh potential you know and all the other crises that we already have this could be huge i hope that we don't have to go down that path i hope that answers your your question sean um yeah i just hope that, that like i'm really hopeful that this is not the case starbucks to increase employee pay to attract workers uh, it's it has raised its pay three times in 24 months. Uh, Starbucks is raising its U.S. employees pay and making other changes as the company deals with the challenging labor market as a union effort looms. Uh, the coffee giant announced Wednesday that all of its U.S. workers will start will earn at least fifteen dollars and up to twenty three dollars per hour by next summer. Wow, that's a that's a huge, huge jump there. Uh, in late January, employees with two or more years of service will get a 5% raise, while those with five or more years of service will receive up to a 10% raise. In order to attract new employees, a $200 recruitment bo- bonus will be offered. In a letter to employees, Starbucks North American president uh, Roseanne Williams said the pay raises will not only support workers, but will enhance recruitment efforts. Starbucks has raised, uh, pay, raised pay three times in 24 months. Employees at three Starbucks stores in Buffalo, New York, are trying to form a union to give them greater leverage on issues like under, uh, understaffing of stores and worker training. The group Starbucks Workers United has filed petitions with the National Labor Relations Board seeking union votes. Uh, the company, which has no unions at its 8,000 company stores in the U.S., has said it respects workers' rights to organize but doesn't believe a union is necessary because of its pro-worker policies. Uh, in an attempt to improve working conditions, Starbucks is updating its training guide and adding more training time for empl- uh, for workers. It said it also plans to test an app that will let workers sign up for available shifts that fit their schedule. That's that, uh, you know what? Actually, of all the things in this article, I think that actually is probably one of the um, most interesting aspects because I, it's a recogni- it's recognizing that. Uh, in a quote-unquote gig economy where everybody is to some extent trying to become an entrepreneur, that it's important that we recognize that people want to be able to make their own hours when they're, when possible so that they can organize the life that they're trying to live, the, the everything else around pouring coffee for people, you know, and, and working at Starbucks. So hopefully that app isn't just 
Well, it says available shifts, so I, I, I guess that's not for just for corporate uh, corporate wise. But uh, no, great, great to see that they are working to increase their um, their wages. But the the offset to that is that. Uh, I mean, Starbucks is already expensive, right? I personally don't drink coffee. Um, I don't rarely ever go to Starbucks in general. Uh, but I know that they are, you know, among the most expensive. I also know that they're one of the most caffeinated drinks, uh, coffee drinks available. And I think it's, uh, I think it's really going to be. It, it makes it even more tough on other business owners, right? Uh, who are looking for, hey, like we own a coffee shop. Well, can we afford, you know, $15 an hour, $23 an hour? The the cost is just going to have to go up and, you know, to be able to uh, stay competitive in the job market as well as on the customer side, right? People, uh, people have the places that they really like and want to support and all that, but it, you know, it, it is uh, uh, centripetal, or I guess is the word, um, where it, you need, you know, everybody, everything's going in, increasing. And the question is, is, yeah, inflation is here. Uh, we don't know if it's if it's definitely transitory or if it's here to stay. And let's not talk about the hyperinflation thing. Like I did a video on that yesterday, uh, I think it was yesterday or earlier, earlier this week. And we want to make sure um, that where we're going with wages is sustainable in the long run because they're not going to – I mean, I mean, they might get to a place where they might be able to lower wages uh, on, say, newer employees going forward as things start to readjust and come back down. Uh, if it, Like we talked about yesterday with, the, with uh, Jim Cramer talking about the peak oil, if we're at peak oil now price, then uh, hopefully that you know, can help offset some of, uh, <clears throat> some of the inflation that has come on and uh, we can get back to – you know, I I think that the the increased wages are important for across the board to be because uh, productivity has well outpaced uh, paced wages in uh, the in the working you know to the working class, and uh, I think that there's definitely room for it to to be increased. But we don't want to get to you know we don't want to get to a place where it's like how, you know I'm making. I don't know, $50 an hour to work at Starbucks, you know, as a, as a two year employee, that just seems uh, a little out of whack compared to what everybody else has to make in that time, in, in that time period. Now, with that said, we, we do increase, you know, inflation goes up 2% every single year. And if you're not getting a raise uh, year over year of between four and 5% anyway, uh, then you, you actually are losing money uh, year over year. So it's it'll be interesting to see uh how they roll this out and we'll also keep tracking the starbucks um uh labor um union union deal here and see if uh see if that goes through <laughs> sean uh a cup of coffee about 15 dollars now <laughs> yeah well i mean look look at alcohol alcohol prices are crazy you know uh i personally don't you know, I mean, I used to go to the bars with uh, as a DJ, but never as a. Uh, um, I, I just I don't drink personally, so 
you know, for me, you know, when I look at these prices of like 10, like I pay for drinks for my wife is like, you know, 10, 12, 15, you know, you go to New York city, you could be like, you know, $20 for, or close to it for a drink. And then you add tip on top of that. It's, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy that, uh, that it gets to that, that point. But I mean, things will go up and we will get there over time. We just don't want it to be run away, uh, for, you know, in the, in the very short term. So we can't, uh, you know, time to to adjust. And that's why I always say, like, if you know, when you when it comes to your business, if you're not factoring in wage increases year over year, then you're you're doing it wrong, because what's going to happen is and, and I've been there and I've lived it where, you know, somebody didn't get, you know, wound up falling through the cracks. They didn't get a raise for four years. And all of a sudden they don't want you know, 50 cents, a dollar or, or whatever they, you know, they want a significant raise cause it's been four years or they're going to walk and they're, they're, uh, you know, a person that is not that easy to replace. So it becomes a problem where it's like, well, how do we, how do we factor, you know, we got to factor this in all at once and that makes it really difficult. So I, I'm a big proponent of making sure that you're, um, factoring in those wage increases year over year for your employees uh, as as time goes, as time marches on. <clears throat> after four billion, uh, after four billion dollar deal with Tesla, Hertz says it will rent out half of those cars to Uber drivers. Uh, drivers with at least a four point seven star rating <laughs> will be able to rent a Model Three for three hundred and thirty four dollars a week before taxes and fees. Wow, um, that's a lot of Uber driving they're going to have to do to to cover that. Um, days after it announced, it will quote initially add a hundred thousand Teslas to its U.S. and European fleet. The car rental company Hertz said Wednesday that it will make up to half of the battery electric vehicles available to Uber drivers in an expanded rental program. Separately, Hertz signed a deal to provide the used car retailer Carvana with vehicles coming out of its rental fleet. Uh, Companies like Carvana are struggling to find inventory in the face of a severe shortage of both new and previously owned vehicles. Obviously, we've talked about this at great length over the last month with, uh, with here on the Entrepreneurs, but Today's uh, partnership with Uber is another major step forward in Hertz becoming an essential component of the modern mobility ecosystem and executing on our commitment to being an environmentally forward company, says uh, their interim CEO, Mark Fields. The long, uh, the long struggling rental firm said Monday that it will add, uh, it would acquire at least a hundred thousand Teslas, uh, while also looking at the possibility of adding battery electric vehicles from other manufacturers. Uh, the, it was to create one of the largest EV rental fleets uh, in the world. So, starting next month, customers will be able to, to rent Tesla Model Three sedans at Hertz locations in Los Angeles, San Francisco, San Diego, and Washington D.C. With plans to expand nationwide by the end of the year, motorists will be able to charge up at Hertz locations at a uh, Tesla's network of supercharger stations. So that's an interesting um, thing. So they're going to have their own super station uh, charging stations at the Hertz locations. So that's a that's a big uh, that's a big 
boon there as well for for uh, for Tesla. I'm not sure who's paying the footing the bill for all that, but probably I assume it's Tesla. Like when I think about like the Wawa the up the corner here, um, they have uh, Tesla chargers, and I'm pretty confident Wawa didn't pay for those. A handful of Uber drivers already use electric uh, vehicles, which uh, the longer range offered by Tesla products makes it possible without having to charge up as frequently as earlier uh, electric vehicles. So yeah, so this uh, this is this is cool. I I just you know at three hundred and thirty four dollars, if the fee you know taxes, I don't know what the taxes are on rental, but if you figure it's like I don't know fifteen percent between taxes and fee. Uh, would that be an extra 33 plus 15? So like an extra $45, um, on top of that. So, I mean, you're, you're, you're getting real close to $400 a week, $1,200 a month. I mean, geez, like you could, you could just buy a car at that, you know, at that point. Uh, but it it is an opportunity if you wanted to be a full-time, uh, taxi driver. So I, I, I think this is a good a good move on Hertz part and, uh, you know, great for Tesla to have, um, you know, a hundred thousand vehicles go out the door and advertise, you know, more advertising. Cause now Hertz is going to probably, you know, be advertising that they got Tesla's in their fleet. So it, it, it's kind of a, a win win. Um, I would say Tesla's probably the bigger winner here cause they don't have to actually find the customers and they are not the company that is coming out of, um, out of bankruptcy. So, we will we will track it and we will see here on the entrepreneurs. <coughs> oh man, there's a there's a, so much so much there. Two uh, two more quick stories here, uh, or three more I should say. Uh, in supply chain, uh, global supply chain with no quick fix, companies are paying sh- uh, to ship air. Top executives from Flock Freight and Lineage Logistics, two key players in the global supply chain focused on trucking and cold storage, expect the current supply chain issues to last at least another six to nine months, which is what I've been saying here on the Entrepreneurs is that, you know, we'll, we'll know, we'll know in, in like two to three months if it's if we can start to, you know, make some headway. Um, and hopefully not have worse things get worse. Uh, but, but both companies, which have recently raised large rounds of funding uh, from investors, say problems won't end for global transportation. It has long been an inefficient industry that needs to innovate and as part of that focus on climate change. Now, I can speak at length here growing up in the trucking industry. Uh, it's... It, the, the the trucking industry moves very very slow. Uh, things do not you know like uh, an example of this would be air disc air brakes uh, and how they're starting to get you know they're just now starting to become a more regular thing, but they're not great for every application because every you know every truck doesn't go on the road all of the time. You get things like uh, like trash trucks, right? They they go with tra- you know trash trailers. They go off road into the uh, the landfills. It's dirty. It's dusty. Uh, it you know there's there's stuff everywhere. It, it's driving through mud, and the stuff is getting caked up under the brake pads. Now the truck can't stop. <laughs> you know, uh, it's not it's not a good way of uh, of doing it versus the 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 um, 
the brake drums and, and, and brake shoes of, of, of yester, yester <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to say yester decade, but yester a long time ago, a long, long, long time ago. So I want, uh, so I, you know, I think that when we look at how we're going to, to get through this there, I mean, there's always a shortage of drivers. Anybody in the trucking industry knows drivers are one of the hardest things to, to get and then to be able to keep. So, uh, we're, they're having an increased problem with that. And as other jobs start to pay more and more, it's like, well, do I have to go and be away from my family and all this other stuff? Or can I just, you know, go pour coffee at Starbucks or, you know, go to work at McDonald's or something like that? Um, and ultimately, the you know, everything that we have t- is touched by a truck at some point in its life. Um, and but I and even if. It is being shipped by air across the country. Stuff is being shipped by air across the country. Uh, you're still, you know, that's just going to increase the price of everything. <laughs> Everything's going. So it, it 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 doesn't help our inflation issues at all. Um, it just helps us be able to get the things that we want and or need in the short term, and hopefully, uh, in in six to nine months, things will start to settle down. Uh, I'm I'm hopeful that we will not have another. Uh, massive variant of the illness come through and we will be able to get back on track uh, with with not how things were but in a in a stronger position going forward um, for people and for the economy uh, again this still might be a year out from now uh, to, to even like be able to really look and say okay things things are going to be okay but um, but we'll be here we'll be here uh, tracking tracking all that. The future of child tax credit may be foggy, but its benefits are growing clear. Despite concerns, early data shows the extra monthly income has gone to support family budgets and had a, had little effect on the U.S. labor market. So, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, they you know they passed uh, what was it? There was a bill, and that bill enabled uh, families with kids to be able to get uh, was a six, up to or it's three hundred dollars per kid. Under the age of, I think six and uh, two hundred and fifty or two hundred and seventy-five dollars per kid, up to eighteen or seven, seventeen or eighteen, and that money uh, apparently now that like looking back at it has really helped families uh, be able to to weather the the changes, the price increases, and everything. Um, Let's see. Uh, more than a year after the pandemic uh, took uh, took his job working in Maryland warehouse outside of Washington and put his family's plans to buy a home on hold, things are looking up for Warren Copeland. Uh, he found another job working a forklift at a different warehouse. Copeland, who's 59 years old, and his wife closed on their first house after saving for years. And for the first time, they don't feel like they're living paycheck to paycheck. It's a huge change for a father uh, with one child in college and four at home who are on the uh, autism spectrum. And Copeland credits the expanded child tax credit uh, created via the American Rescue Plan as making the difference. I was able to take the kids on a trip to the beach for a couple days because we hadn't gone anywhere since the pandemic. But a lot of it has gone to close for them housing bills and just about everything else in our budget. Now, that sentence right there is so key, right? Um, Because of the pandemic, 
you know, we haven't done, we haven't gone to Disney World like we normally would. Uh, we haven't done a lot of things that we normally would. And through last year, we barely even went to the boardwalk, uh, you know, in, in Ocean City, New Jersey. Um, and the reason was, because, well, because of the illness in 2020, but in 2021, you know, it, we started to do to do more, right, in the summer. So, uh, because of things, you know, changing and, and, you know, the, the, uh, the factors around the, the illness have, have, uh, changed. So we have, uh, we've been able to, to go and do things and having that tax credit does help, you know, um, anybody who has kids that might need to pay for childcare, you know, having that extra $600 to be able to help pay for said childcare or help pay for, you know, extra food or help pay for those clothes, uh, housing bills, all those things that just funnels back into the economy. So I, I, I mean, I very much, uh, think that it's not, uh, it, it's not something that should end. And, and the way this article talks, it talks about how there uh, it will come to an end in December. Now there will be a tax credit. The other half of the uh, tax credit is will be realized in your taxes in 2022 uh, for your 2021 taxes. But uh, let's see. In the week after the first monthly payment in July, it found that 29% of households used the extra cash for on food, clothing, utilities, school supplies, and books, tuition, and or their rent or mortgage. An additional 10% and put put it toward a vehicle payment, household debt, or savings. So, so the money was being spent. It's not like people are taking the extra $600 and hoarding it. I mean, $600 is in the grand scheme of things is almost nothing, but into people who are, you know, barely getting by or scraping by, it absolutely makes a huge difference. Um, so the concern, uh, let's say concerns over co- the cost of benefit of the benefit have led Republicans to stonewall making the expansion permanent and d- debate among centrist Democrats. The tax foundation, a right-leaning think tank estimates that uh, doing so would cause uh, federal revenue to drop 1.62 trillion uh, from 2022 to 2031. So, I, you know, I don't know that it needs to be permanent, but I definitely think that you know until we are absolutely through the rest of the pan, uh, well, the the illness I should say for the for YouTube uh, is. <laughs> Is uh, until we are through all that, I really, really think uh, that this, this of all the benefits that we've been, we you know, have been given out over the course of, um, over the course of the illness, I think that this is one that makes a lot of sense uh, for for families to be able to to get that, and maybe it doesn't have to necessarily be three hundred dollars for per kid um, up to a certain age or whatever, but. Um, having even, even if it was like $200 or $150 per kid, you know, you have two kids or three kids, it, it, it adds up. That's a, you know, one or two grocery bills. I know our grocery bill has gone up, you know, we're, you know, where we used to spend like a hundred to 120 is now, you know, went to 150 and now it's closer to 200 every time we go. So, um, every time we order. So it's, it's something that I, I think that makes, it makes sense to help. It's a little extra, and it, it it's literally better than doing nothing. Um, so we will we will uh, track to see how that how things ramp up towards uh, the cutoff in December.
finally, 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 uh, this one, I, I wasn't going to talk about this one, but, uh, it, it kind of got my, uh, it kind of got me mad. New dads are quote losers. If they take six months paternity leave, prominent venture capitalist says, well, I, you know, I don't, uh, I don't agree with that. I don't, I don't. I don't agree with this at all, and I didn't want to give it the time of day because I think that it just gives more, um, you know, power to the people who think that they can say things like that, uh, you know. But at the same time, I, I think I need to, as a as a dad uh, myself, I think I need to to say something. So, uh, a prominent venture capitalist is under fire for calling new dads losers if they take months of paternity leave. Uh, Paulen. Palantir co-founder Joe Lonsdale uh, responded to a tweet Wednesday about U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg, uh, who took off work to care for his twin newborns. Any man in an important position who takes six months of leave for a newborn is a loser. These are quote. This is quoting, by the way. In the old days, men had babies and worked harder to provide for their future. That's the correct masculine response. End quote. Uh, Buttigieg took off only two months for paternity leave, not six. Uh, there's a tweet here about Joe Rogan. Apparently, Joe Rogan didn't know. Uh, didn't know paternity leave exists while criticizing uh, Buttigieg. Uh, meanwhile, the company he works for, which is Spotify, offers six months of paid pater- uh, parental um, leave regardless of gender. Wow. Great for fathers to spend time with their kids and support moms. Uh, but any man in, in an important position who takes six months of leave in, for a newborn is a loser in the old days, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I already read this. So uh, Lonsdale's retweet sparked outrage in the venture capitalist world. Reddit co-founder Alexis Ohanian, Ohanian uh, responded to Lonsdale's tweet writing that he, quote, proudly took his full paternity leave and would do it again. Quote, turns out it helped me win even more, he said. Uh, Gary Tan, founder of the Initialized Capital, defended his firm's four-month paternity leave. Respect that people have different choices, but being a dad is awesome, and there is more to life than work and money, he wrote on Twitter. Uh, Lonsdale later said using the word, quote, loser was, quote, unnecessary, and that Quote, he respects that there are different approaches to this and shouldn't have been so harsh. However, he stood by his initial comment about traditional gender roles. That's what it sounds like more to me. That's what we're, you know, what he's trying to make, you know, make a grandstand about than, you know, people taking the time off. Uh, His initial tweet was in response to uh, Axios reporter Dan uh, Primack who criticized podcast Joe Rogan, uh, host Joe Rogan, comments about Buttigieg. Lonsdale, like Rogan, is known for making provocative right-wing statements. In November 2020, Lonsdale moved from San Francisco to Austin, Texas, saying he was angry with California's taxes and liberal ideas. He is currently a managing partner at 8VC, I thought like QVC, a venture capitalist, a uh, firm that manages several billion dollars of incommitted capital. So, uh, you know, as a as a as a father, um, I, I and as somebody who 
thinks that we probably do put too much uh, stake in the quote hustle culture in quote uh, you know you're only worth what you're able to work. Uh, I, I I think that it's I think it's important that that you know I, I honestly I don't even think that the maternity leave is is enough right um, I remember when we had our first well our two our two kids you know my wife had I think three months of maternity leave I basically got nothing um, and you know but I was able to to you know make it work to the best of my I think I took a week off after my daughter was born or she was no she was already alive uh no i took a i think i took a week off when my son was born and that was that was about it um i don't even think it was eh, maybe it wasn't even a week i think i might have i think he was born on a on a monday and i and maybe i you know took three or four days i guess it was that yeah i took that week off but the point being is is that uh when you look at other countries and how they're operating uh their you know paternity leaves um, I mean, some in some one case, I think it was Ukraine gets like three years or something like that for maternity leave, uh, which I think is a, a bit ex, you know extended. I don't think that it should be that long, but um, I do think that you know six months. If you can take that six months, uh, and you say your wife has six months, now you have a combined year between the two of you to like bridge the gap and to get to know you know your your kid and you know get to to bond with them and 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 to, i'm a big believer in it takes you know more uh you know it takes a, a town uh to to raise a kid right but i also think it, you know it takes parenting to raise a kid as well and being being able to give that time to your kids is just so so critical and i see it like with my kids where you know before um before the illness and me being home basically 24 7 uh i was you know not home that much and my son who at the time was uh like a year and a half old didn't really want much to do with me he just mostly wanted mommy for like 99.9% of the time and you know it 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 hurt you know it hurt uh I'm, I'm not around she is home she she left her job as a teacher to stay home uh and it, you know she was with him and I'm and I'm glad that she was able to be with him but once the illness happened I was able to be home with him and within you know 2 3 4 months all of a sudden, you know, he he wanted me as much as she he wanted her. So, being able to have that time, I, I just it's so so critical. And I think that you know when you only get three months, uh, you know, with a newborn is is in the in the grand scheme of things is so so small. It's such a small amount of time. Now, with that said, we aren't planning on having more than two kids, and I could see where people wait like abuse it where it's like oh you know i get six months and then you know we're gonna have another kid and then i go back to work for three months and you know basically just become child factories uh which is fine that's a way to live um but i like i get the fear of of the people that are worried about people abusing the system but i think I think that, you know, by and large, most people won't abuse it. And, yeah, there's always going to be somebody that figures, you know, find decides to make that choice of, like, I'm going to abuse this in the way that I want to take advantage of it. But, I, I you know, I, I always say, like, you can't you can't live by those 
by that standard, right? By the fear of something, the fear of people abusing it or, or whatever. And look, at the end of the day, if those people raise, uh, you know, good upstanding citizens, right. And, and they're home, uh, then potentially that's more workers, more entrepreneurs to create more businesses, um, and, and more people to do, you know, to help run the economy and, and hopefully be productive members of society. So it's still kind of, it's a long-term investment, but, it potentially has huge ramifications going forward. Um, so yeah, that is the entrepreneurs for today. Uh, let's see. Sean says lots of companies have been rethinking their maternity paternity leaves. Uh, F I S also, uh, just changed paternity leave, uh, to any eight weeks over a year period, eight weeks, so two months. I mean, it, it that's I mean, you get what you get, and and but I'd really I'd love to see it be more than that. Um, companies are also adding uh, to their death in the family paid leaves. That's no, that's great to hear that they um, that companies are adding adding that ability uh, for people to to be able to. Um, to have more more opportunity for that headspace, you know, maybe if we did a better job of taking care of uh, our our men, you know mental health and and all this kind of plays into that. Um, it's it would be you know we we would be in a better place overall uh, going forward than than you know where we feel like we're in the the rat race, the hustle culture, the keep it going, go, 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 go. And real, you know, not stopping to realize that like Rome wasn't built in a day and neither will your business. And as my great, you know, as my grandfather used to always say, like, you just got to keep stroking every day, just keep going different, you know, um, you know, just keep pushing, pushing the boat forward. And, uh, you'll, you know, you'll eventually, you'll eventually get there. I know it's sometimes tough, especially for people like me who like to, um, who like to have, um, who like to have everything done right away <laughs> as quick as possible. Like, Oh, we, I'm going to do this thing. And then bam, like we're, we're off like a gun, you know, and we're going and, and it's, yeah, it's not, it's not always possible. And, and we got to be able to remind ourselves of that throughout the process. But, uh, I appreciate everybody watching, listening, having a great time here on the entrepreneurs today. Uh, everybody watching on Entra, go to join Go check it out. Uh, I'm there posting and doing the entrepreneurs live, uh, in one of the rooms. So have a great day, everyone. Uh, I will, I will talk to you tomorrow, uh, probably less stories for tomorrow as I need to, uh, do some self-care with my voice so I don't lose it uh, before a brand new Shark Tank episode airing tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern. I will be uh, posting that episode on by, you know, those those pitches starting around 9 p.m. till uh, 11 p.m. Eastern. So I will see you then. And tomorrow's also hashtag Team C's Day. Uh, so I have a special Shark Tank episode uh, pitch going out tomorrow morning. I haven't recorded it yet, so I got to get my voice back for that but um you know we'll we'll have that for tomorrow morning so uh looking forward to that for for hashtags team seize day and we'll talk about that on the entrepreneurs take care everyone